Now today I want to share with you around uh, the subject of dreams and visions. And I've titled this sermon, Accessing His Dreams. Because really when it comes to dreams and visions that come from Him, they're accessing the very dreams that He has for us, the will of God and and what He has in mind to uh, lead us into and to equip us with. And so I'm hoping that by the end of this sermon, that not only will you have a hunger for hearing from him, but that you yourself would have an impartation of some uh, type where the Holy Spirit moves in your world and you really see God at work in dreams, in visions, and in showing you what is ahead and giving you hope for a future. So let me just start with a story. Uh, When I was around about the age between 8 and 10, I don't remember the exact age, but I remember where I was. And I remember the feeling of God speaking to me. I was in the back seat of the car on the way to church. And I remember the sense that God was saying, you're going to become a pastor like your dad. Years later, when I was in year 7, 8, and then closer to year 9 and 10, I began to daydream and even think about the possibility of doing Bible college in line with that word. I wanted to follow through with that. Now, something happened around that time. I think I was in year 10, if I remember correctly. I was about 15 years old, and I must have been talking to my dad about some of these dreams. And uh, my dad said to me, Steve, we need to go and buy you a new suit. That's right, a new suit. I don't know why. Uh, In fact, it was totally outside of my cultural experience of church. But for my dad, if I was to look back at his uh, journey through pastoral ministry, he started off with a tie and suit. And as ministry went on over the years, it became more and more casual. And he came from a culture in the U.S. where it was quite common for a pastor to wear a suit. And so he had in mind, Steve, if you're going to become a pastor, you need a suit. Now, that never happened. I never actually got a suit. But my dad, I believe, he had the same heart for uh, and dreams for me as I did early on. He never actually manipulated circumstances to try and manipulate me towards it. Uh, He was very careful, in fact, to just allow God to do that work in my my heart. But he gently came alongside me and and, uh, helped me move forward where God was showing me to go. But I think my dad probably sensed something about me early on, as a dad normally does. He had an inside knowledge, I guess, of knowing that the Father God's heart for me was that this would quite possibly come through. Whether he knew that 100%, I don't know. But here's what I do know, is that Heavenly Father, He also has dreams for you, just like Your dad or your mother may have dreams for you. My father had dreams for me. So too, the heavenly father has dreams for you. And he wants to uh, be able to deliver that to you. To those who follow Jesus, who long for his presence, there is this deepening desire, not just of us to know, but God wants to deliver that to you. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about why the presence of God leads to hearing from him and what it can look like for us in leaning in and hearing his plans, his purposes. So I wonder, what is God's plans and his purposes for you? 
What are the things that he has in mind for you? Maybe you're going through uncertain times right now or even the question of uncertain times ahead. And what you most need right now is to be able to hear from God's heart about you. We find in the very early uh, church when they had first heard from Jesus, I'm going to the Father, I'm sending you the gift that the Father God has promised you, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we talked about the mantle of uh, the Holy Spirit or the mantle of Jesus, which is the Holy Spirit being placed on us. And so right in the very early beginning of the church, as they prayed and sought God for his Holy Spirit, they received such a powerful move of God. Acts chapter 2 covers this story where the 120 disciples were in the upper room of a place praying and seeking God for the promise of which he had given them. And then all of a sudden, the breath of God, like a mighty wind, sweeps through the room and then they see tongues of fire or what looks like tongues of fire enveloping and placed on the top of people's heads one after the other. And they began to speak in languages that they did not previously know. It must have been the wildest party that you've ever seen. In fact, afterwards, many people who saw them, they recognized that it was early in the morning. And they said, is it possible that they are drunk so early in the morning that it must have looked to them one of those very unusual sights. And so much so that they thought they looked drunk to me. Now, Peter, he gets up and he explains the whole situation, clears it all up by quoting from some of the Old Testament prophets. And one which I want to read to you is found in the prophet of Joel. You can read of his whole prophecy in his book, uh, the book of Joel. But Peter quotes just a small snippet from it. And he says uh, in verse 17 of Acts chapter 2, In the last days, and he's quoting now Joel, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your men will see visions. uh, Sorry, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Verse 18, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now notice this uh, prophecy says, The Spirit of God will come on them. They will be full of the Holy Spirit. All will receive it. And it will look like this. They will prophesy. Then he explains almost what prophecy may look like. He says, they will see visions. They will have dreams. And then he closes by saying, uh, and they will prophesy. In other words, he is saying that dreams and visions are uh, often associated with prophetic. In fact, if we were to look a little bit closer in Numbers, uh, we find Numbers chapter 12, verse 6. Uh, It says this, When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them, listen to this, in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So here 
uh, God speaks to those who are opposing Moses at the time. And he says, in the prophetic, oftentimes it is associated with dreams and visions. You see, in the Jewish culture, it was quite normal for them to experience or to understand that prophecy included dreams and visions, and that they would speak out of uh, that experience of dreams and visions. So it's normal for those who prophesy to actually have dreams and visions. Well, if we go back to Acts chapter 2, we find that uh, that uh, Peter is actually saying that it was normal then that those who are full of the Holy Spirit are uh, given to the act of prophecy, dreams, and visions. Now, why did he use this passage from Joel to explain what had just happened where people had started to speak in tongues? I've often thought it was an unusual uh, verse to actually use or an unusual prophecy to use to explain what had just happened. I believe the reason why it happened this way is because the tongues that were, that were expressed from the disciples as they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to pour out with tongues, they were all languages of those around them from different places around the globe who understood that they were speaking in their own native language. And so as people were listening, they found themselves going, hang on a minute, He's speaking directly to me in my own native language. He's prophesying what God has to say to me. Uh, This was unusual that 120 people all of a sudden began to prophesy in their own native languages. And so he uses this not to say that tongues uh, needs an explanation, but more so that prophecy is a uh, fulfillment of what Joel said. And also what you are seeing is actually uh, that these people are full of the Holy Spirit, that every single disciple is full of the Holy Spirit and it's through the name of Jesus that they are full of the Holy Spirit. And so he is making a point here that every single one of these disciples who are full of the Holy Spirit, it's natural for them to prophesy. And the very reason that you have experienced prophecy is because they are full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but speaking in other languages through tongues, it's not something that I saw modeled growing up. But I've heard stories along the time uh, where somebody has been speaking in tongues and has been interpreted by somebody who's next to them who understands the language that they're speaking in. I've shared this story once before. Um, Eddie shared this story with me. Eddie Walker, big hello to you this morning. Uh, About a time when he was at a church in Sydney and they had a a prayer meeting, a prayer worship time. And uh, this was uh, something where he invited one of his friends who happened to be a Jewish man along to their worship and prayer night. Eddie was playing on the keyboard that night and uh, his friend was close as, as close as he could get to the stage where Eddie was positioned and right through the night they were praying but a a guy right next to him began to pray in tongues and uh, afterwards Eddie asked his friend how did you find the uh, worship time and the prayer time and he said it was good but he said the guy who was next to me 
continued to speak to me all night in my own Hebrew language. And he wouldn't shut up about God. And uh, so here he was. He had heard in his own language the prophetic being spoken into his life. Uh, I've just finished reading a book um, that Dave Schaefer, my coach, has written. And he writes a story there of a time when they were having a prayer meeting and everyone was uh, seeking God's presence and in prayer and some of them were praying in tongues. He had invited a friend uh, along who was in his 80s. And this was a guy who, as he walked into the room, he hobbled in because his uh, feet had many plantar warts on his feet and he struggled to walk without it hurting. When he sat down and they began to pray, he heard a lady in the room who began to pray in tongues. And afterwards he said, "Uh, do you realize that you're praying in ancient Hebrew? He said, I was in the, the army years ago in the Middle East and I happened to learn some of the words in the Hebraic language. And what you're speaking is straight out of the ancient Hebrew. Well, the very next day, this man, as he got up out of bed, he walked across the room and he realized that he was walking freely without any pain. He looked at the soles of his feet and realized all of his plantar warts had disappeared. God desires to speak to us through the prophetic word. And sometimes he uses tongues in prophecy and even through interpretation of tongues in order to prophetically speak into people's lives. We need his presence. We, we long to know what he is saying to us. And there's something about hearing from him. Now, Peter says in this prophecy of Joel's that all will prophesy. All those who are full of the spirit, as in they have lent into and taken a hold of the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All those who are full of the Holy Spirit It will be natural for them to prophesy, men or women, young or old. There's no maturity levels that that cancels you out. All will prophesy. The emphasis is on all. Now, listen, when it comes to, uh, is it possible for me to prophesy? Yes, according to Joel, it is possible for those who are full of the Spirit. But it's a different question to ask whether it's possible to, is it God's will for me to prophesy. Well, as we read Joel's prophecy, it is God's will that all would prophesy, that all would seek his presence in such a way that they hear from God in a way that draws them closer to him. Now, right through the scriptures, uh, if we were to look at different moments in time where people had dreams or visions, we would find that for the most Uh, cases of those that we read about, the people of God were greatly encouraged through prophecy. But when it came to uh, those who were not followers of God, oftentimes dreams were received by those who were, say, in power, like Pharaoh leading Egypt. And although he was following other gods, not the one true God, God gives him a dream. And the reason he gives him a dream is that he would recognize through uh, Joseph, he would recognize that God is the one true God, that he is not in his place of leadership because he has gained it through his own strengths or power, but that God has actually given uh, him 
this season, this time. And so Joseph comes in as a man of God and interprets the dream for him. And he hears directly from God. There are people today who need to hear from God and they have dreams. Uh, I remember hearing from uh, Kent Hodge. He talked about a lady from the northern parts of Nigeria. And she had a, a dream one night of a man dressed in white saying his name was Jesus and come follow me. She asked her husband, who is this man named Jesus? I had a dream about him last night. Long story short, she got uh, cut out of her, her uh, position in her home. She was divorced out of her family. She had to leave her kids behind. She went from village to village and each time she began to ask people, who is Jesus, this one I dreamt about? Each one would um, send her on and say, get out of our village. Eventually, she came across somebody who knew who Jesus was and uh, they were led to faith in Jesus. God is at work in bringing dreams to people like that, to, to also God-fearers like Cornelius, who are looking to actually uh, honor God but have no clue that God wants to speak to them in a personal way. All of a sudden, Cornelius too. Not only did he have a dream from God, but it led him directly to the person who could give him not just a dream, but the gift of the Holy Spirit, where prophetic was a natural means of communication with God. When it comes to those who are believers, when they receive the prophetic or dreams or visions, if we look throughout the scriptures, we find that oftentimes those dreams came at a time where they needed hope in their circumstances and where they might have even been up against adversity at the time. We find that to be true with Joseph, that the dream that he was given as a, a young man, even though he was not up against adversity right there and then, later on he would go through adversity and he would absolutely need to anchor on that dream again and again because it was the hope that went beyond his circumstances. We also find that Daniel, who had a dream uh, of what was going to take place in the future, that Daniel finds himself... Uh, being able to declare God is at work in the biggest scheme of things beyond the, the nation that is the uh, empirical nation across all of the globe. Uh, and at that time, Israel had been exiled out of their home and they had been scattered across the globe. Daniel received a dream that gave hope to persevere in the current state. John, who was a disciple of Jesus and one of the closest of disciples to Jesus, he was in prison in Patmos, on the island of Patmos, when he received a vision, the revelation, and he writes it down in a book. It's the last book of the Bible. And that revelation gives uh, not just himself, but also seven churches hope that there's certain, their current circumstances and adversity that they are going through is not the end of the story. Keep persevering was the, the, uh, the result of or the, the call to out of that, that book, because Jesus is coming back again for a spotless bride. Uh, prophecy oftentimes ignites hope in people to persevere. It's, it helps them to understand that God is with you. He knows what you're going through and you're not alone. We find the very same sentiment in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. 
Here, uh, Paul says, prophecy brings about hope. It brings about strengthening, where somebody can stand firm and say, I know that God is bigger than my circumstances right now. Prophecy brings about encouragement. It draws people into courage to move forward and comfort to be able to look at their certain circumstances right here and to say, God, you're bigger than the losses I'm feeling right now. Prophecy, I can't think of any more time than right now that is more important for us as a nation in Australia to have people who are seeking God's presence in order to take a hold of his prophetic word for them. He's calling you into the prophetic. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. Paul also writes this book and he says to those of the church at Thessalonica, uh, chapter 5, verse 19, Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. In other words, uh, you see, uh, prophecy can be a little bit uh, weird at times. When you're around those who practice the prophetic, uh, sometimes you may even think, they're off the planet. They don't know what they're doing. They're, they might even, you might even feel like they're making it up. Uh, and so it can put people off at times. But Paul says, don't, um, don't throw it away. You need the prophetic. You need hope in your circumstances. But participate in the very thing that those who are giving the prophetic, they're coming into the presence of God and they're seeking out what God has to say to them through dreams, through visions, through words that come to them, through trances at times, God wants to deliver to them. And so your part is to participate in the same way. Seek the presence of God and you will be able to measure then out of seeking the presence of God and test uh, and approve as to whether these are prophetic words that are coming from uh, the heart of God or whether it's just come out of somebody who's emotionally wanting to engage in your circumstances or somebody who's coming from a different desire altogether. You need to test and approve as to what uh, God is saying. So your part too is to come into the presence of God. Uh, when it comes to the prophetic, sometimes we can find that people uh, come into the prophetic with the wrong heart. And in fact, if we were to go back to um, some of the Old Testament, we find in Jeremiah uh, chapter 23, verse 25, that Jeremiah addresses those who are seeking the gift more than the presence of God. And whenever somebody seeks the gift in a place of or without uh, desiring the presence of God, they end up becoming skewed in, in what they have. In fact, they become like Balaam was uh, back in the, the days where uh, Israel was coming out of Egypt. A man who was a prophet of God by the name of Balaam, uh, out of a greedy heart, uh, he ends up taking on uh, seeking God for uh, Balak the king, his desire to curse Israel. And even though he couldn't curse them as he, as he waited on God, uh, he found himself stretching into something that, that even God himself was saying, this is not good for you. And for those who desire to have, like Balaam, desire to have a word from God, but they know it does not match up with his word, they find themselves uh, listening to uh, words that uh, just really 
uh, marry into their own desires. Listen to what Jeremiah says, verse 25. I've heard what the prophets say, who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusions of their own minds? They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their ancestors forgot my name through Baal worship. Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my words speak it faithfully. For what has straw to do with grain, declares the Lord, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. You see, straw doesn't have any power. It has no integrity It's different to the grain. In fact, when the husk is removed from the grain and they they throw it up in the wind, the the integrity of the seed brings it back into uh, the bowl that they're holding the seed in. But the husk gets swept away and has no integrity. It's not kept. It's not uh, used for uh, sale. It's discarded. And he's saying the same is true as their word that comes from their own delusions of their minds, that comes from... Uh, their own desires. He's saying, if you end up looking for dreams out of your own desires and not the presence of God, it becomes like straw. Uh, But his word, notice this, his word is like fire. It purges through. It actually uh, refines. Uh, His word is like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. Listen, there is much to be said around those who prophesy out of not seeking the presence of God. In fact, if we were to go to Jude, which I don't think we have time for at the moment, Jude talks about those who are like clouds without rain. And he says they are those who seek after their own desires. They're seeking the gifts of God, but without the presence. Church, I want to invite you that you would actually seek out his presence and that in seeking out his presence that you would find more and more expectantly that you're hearing from him. Dreams and visions. I just long to see for the life groups in our church that they would find themselves so excited to go to life group because you never know what God is going to do in their midst because they have such an expectancy and they're waiting on God and they're camped around his presence and not just around safe stuff that, uh, that they can do in their own strength. But instead, they're seeking his presence Life groups, one of the best things you can do out of relationship with each other is to commit together, to seek God's presence when you're together. Sometimes that means that when you're praying, you sense the Holy Spirit beginning to speak certain things. And it comes to a moment of just having boldness to say, I think this might be from God or I have on my heart God is showing me. And as you start to declare it, he starts to refine you and grow you in the prophetic. I really believe that God is going to move through you personally. And that you're going to have greater, a greater sense of and desire for his presence that will be matched with dreams and visions. And so I want to pray for you, wherever you might find yourself right now. God has hope for your circumstances. He has hope for those that you are next to. There are people that you know who desperately need the presence of God. They desperately need a hope-filled word from God. They desperately need to be led into the presence of God. And maybe you might be that a deliverer of his word. And so I want to pray over you that God would use you, that he would uh, sharpen you and, and lead you towards and hunger for his presence. Are you somebody who is hungering for more? 
Are you hungering for his presence? Are you hungering for his word to speak to you directly? Are you hungering for him to come and manifest himself with showing his goodness to, to you and to those who are around you? So if, if you are, if that's you, then I want you to take a hold of this prayer and make it personal for yourself. Let's pray. Father God, I just declare that over every single hungry heart for your presence, that you would add fire to their hunger, that you would add, uh, Lord God, just a, a deep longing for uh, the things of God. And Lord God, that you would speak to them, increase on them the prophetic, increase on them the very thing that Joel spoke about that's not just possible, but it's your will for us. Increase on them, Lord God, dreams and visions where they hear from you, where they declare that you are good. Lord God, where they know that they have hope in certain circumstances where they see you move. In Jesus' name, amen.